freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to our number two of episode 76 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are sitting here in the studio on an unusually rainy Saturday, which is kind of nice, a nice break for us here in Arizona. We get excited when wet stuff actually falls out of the sky around us. Um, but, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a, a nice feel. Somehow it makes it feel just more homey. And then when we get to have an in-studio guest, it just makes it even more amazing. So our theme today is defensive reality. And, you know, there's all different ways you can tie that into your your way of thinking, right? We, we all uh, sometimes have to defend our, ourselves, our children, our households, but sometimes we also have to defend our way of life. We have to defend our, our values, just like the, the speech you heard Ronald Reagan making as we, as we came in this hour. You know, our values, our, our rights, our freedoms, they're not in our DNA. Those are expendable. Those are ex- expirable. And if we aren't doing what we can do in our lifetime, um, then what world are we leaving to our, our children and our children's children? So, you know, thinking about our theme, defensive reality, you can think about it in a lot of different ways. Well, our guest who is sitting here next to me is Leighton Ustason. I almost messed it up. Did I do it? Yeah, you got it right. That's All good. right. Fantastic. Well, Leighton is a grand master competitive shooter. He's team captain and a team and a member of Team USA. He's also an expert dog trainer at Partners Dog Training School in Cave Creek, Arizona. And he has also been selected to compete in France in August of 2017. Holy cow. You are an accomplished and busy dude. You know, I'm absolutely blessed to be able to do what I do. I, I am able to follow two passions in my life, dog training, working with dogs, working with people, and then obviously getting to shoot, which is about the other end of the spectrum, um, and shoot competitively and, and have a blast doing so. A blast. Ah, I see what you did there. That's fantastic. So this accent I'm hearing, is that a Cave Creek, Arizona accent? Yeah, a little further west than that. You know, um, <laughs> no, it's from South Africa. I've been here for about 24 years. Um, and uh, just recently, last year, in actual fact, uh, became a citizen. Finally. Oh, fantastic. And I did it specifically because I wanted to vote for Trump. Uh, really? Yep, yep. Well, was congratulations the, and thank yeah, you. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I missed it by one week, but that's a whole other story. But hey, effort was, is worth I everything. I was still pushing. I converted a lot of people in those last few few months. But it was actually interesting because I was a big Trump supporter right from day one. And and you mentioned now all the resistance we've had against yeah. you know our, oh, our you know beliefs crazy. and the amount of people that have unfriended me on Facebook. And mm-hmm. they're kind of torn because they want to support you know, me as a dog trainer and the fact that I've known mm-hmm. them for 20 years, but at the same time, 
They mm-hmm. have this uh, conflict they, in their minds. You yeah, know? they want to pick and choose the parts of you Absolutely. that they, they yep. can be friends with. That's such an unfortunate thing these days. Wait, Leighton, they, they befriended you on Facebook? Well, they're friends of mine from the dog world and from the, because I've been involved in the dog world for pretty much my whole life. And I also do a lot of work with NBC, which is kind of funny because NBC probably disagrees with 99% of what I believe in. But I've hung in there because I believe I can maybe just have a slight influence. And I, and I have had some influence over them. So there are people that are friends with me but don't like my political side. And, and we try and talk it out. You know, I think that, I think that communication is the, the big thing and not to drive us wedge between people and Absolutely. try and bring everything together. And I, and I genuinely mean that. Absolutely. You can't learn if you don't communicate. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I don't even know where to start. And I'm so happy that we've got you for two segments today because, I mean, I could just throw a dart at my paper here with notes and hit something awesome to talk about. Um, Just quickly, before we we dive too deep in, I did want to give your son, Christopher, a little bit of a a shout out because, you know, when we're talking about uh, one of the the guests that we had earlier was on on campus at ASU with Turning Point USA, which is kind of the counter voice, the con- uh, conservative counter voice to all this liberalism. And so your son is in the mix of it. He's 19 years old. And, you know, he comes from this world where you're his dad and you're big into, you know, freedom and shooting mm-hmm. sports and you're, you know, a go Trump guy. And then he goes on to campus. It's got to be a completely, uh, it's got to be a culture shock for him. You know, it absolutely is. And, and he's traveled with me all over the world because we compete all over the world. And he's got to kind of come across the different viewpoints from the different cultures out there. And we can talk a little bit about that. And, and it's interesting because he is a calming influence in my life. I'm more of the passionate, really like go get him. Don't like people disagreeing. I talk it out until, you know, pretty much I'm not going to quit. And he kind of always is standing there like that. Okay, let's calm down. Let's try and talk this out. <laughs> and, and when he was at ASU, when he started at ASU, he's been there for a couple of years now. He actually took that in there and he would actually approach these groups that would be, you know, protesting or standing on the sidewalk. And he'd ask them questions about, you know, what do they stand for and, and why do they believe what they believe? And then he would send them back to me by text message and say, this is what they're saying. And it was actually interesting to get that viewpoint and, and for him to influence those people. And I think that's something that the, the younger generation really needs to step up and do, you know. They so do. And, you know, there's this tribal uh, mentality, I think, going on right now. And everybody is afraid to be sort of that lone voice, uh, which I guess is natural, you know, peer pressure is really a serious thing, but you know, when you can empower people to feel like, you know, I will be able to stand on my own, even if all of my Facebook friends unfriend me, you know, because there's a whole wide world out there and, and let's do lean into the cultures because if you've given this, this 19 year old person an opportunity to experience all sorts of mindsets and different ways of living, what an incredible uh, quilt you've mm-hmm. given him to take forward in life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, he, when he started shooting with me, and it's, it's funny because I talk to parents all the time as, as a teacher, as an educator, and then obviously as a competitor about how to get their kids involved in shooting. And I made a lot of mistakes and, and I should probably have known better. But now I'm looking back and I look at the way that I raised Christopher and brought him up from the shooting where I started him on all the fundamentals and the way we should all shoot. And then I realized that's all nonsense, that in actual fact, getting them involved in the fun aspect and yeah. making it really easy. And you can put the same thing into lady shooting where, you know, instead of it making it tricky and difficult, give them a gun with a suppressor on it. So there's no recoil, no noise, no discomfort. Let them have fun. And then as soon as they finish shooting, open a bottle of wine and, and go out and enjoy themselves. 
if you take that back to Christopher, when I started him at the age of about 10, 12 years of age, he really wasn't ready for that. And he, he basically said, no, this is too much. I actually have a video of him trying to shoot a little Glock and he's struggling to re, you know, cycle the Glock. Mm-hmm. And, and he basically only did it because it was dad and sure. so forth. And then he stopped. And a couple of years later, he was about 14. Uh, one day I was on my way out to range and, and he said, can I come with us? Sure. You know, so I grabbed a couple of extra guns just in case. And, and he was on his way. And, and shortly after that, I was at a gunsmith having a, a gun uh, fixed for myself. And he kind of snuck my son into the back room and said, hey, let me show you this open gun. And next thing I know, I've got to hand my credit card over. And then <laughs> he was buying a $3,000 open gun. But that actually was a turning point. And, and uh, Matt, uh, Matt Paquette's the guy that did that. He really got Christopher started. And it made it so much easier because now he had an open gun, less recoil, more capacity, just a dot here to worry about. And I now teach kids that same way. And it was interesting hearing your other guests talk about that because I think that's a huge part of introducing kids into the shooting game, not as a as necessarily just as a self-defense thing, because obviously they're a lot younger. We don't necessarily want to have them walking around the street at the age of 12 or 14, but, but introducing them to it from a safety point of view, from an education point of view, and then later on, those kids can then go on to become the competitive shooters or law enforcement or military or whatever. Fantastic. Well, you know, Dan and I talk a lot because we've lived in Arizona our whole lives. And so, um, you know, it's always been a, a fairly um, uh, comfortable state for, for gun ownership. I like to say we get treated like adults. Right. Right. And so, you know, when he'd go to school, he'd have his, his gun in the rack in the back window of his pickup truck, park in the school parking lot, head mm-hmm. off and go shooting and, or hunting after school. And it was just such not a big deal. Right. And like sometimes I think, so where did that, where did that divining line come? What was the, the thing? What was the event? What was the climate? Who was the present? Like what happened that, that suddenly, you know, and it wasn't suddenly, I'm sure. Right. I think it was right. an eroding away. It was a wearing away. It was a, uh, you know. I think, you know, this is probably not going to be a very politically correct answer. That That's I'm okay. Give you're you, on the but, right show. <laughs> but, but I think that immigration had a lot to do with that. And by immigration, I don't just mean immigration from other countries. I mean immigration from California moving into oh, Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I come from South Africa, which is probably one of the harshest gun control countries in the world, short of maybe countries where you cannot have firearms. <laughs> And there you have to qualify, and we can talk about that if you want to get into how that works, because they, that's kind of one of the things that the liberal movement is trying to push us into, you know, with this whole, you know, supposed thing about making it safer and stopping people from having firearms that are dangerous people. But the truth is, in South Africa, they have very, very strict laws. You have to qualify, you have to go through background check, you have to know somebody in law enforcement, you have to, you know, jump through all these hoops, takes you six to nine months to get a license, and then that license only licenses that firearm. You can't have more than a certain number of firearms. And the whole thing is a joke, of course, because if you have, if you have one or if you have 10 or if you have 100, it's going to mean the same thing. Um, when we look at, at Arizona, as you said, way back, and when I moved here, as I said, 24 years ago, one of the reasons I moved here was because Arizona had a reputation worldwide for being one of the best places to shoot in the world. We have Rio Salado shooting range out on the, on the east side, uh, Rob Latham, you know, those guys – now, of course, they're my personal friends, but that's the reason why we came out here and, and to shoot. And we see this huge movement now with people moving in that don't share those same beliefs and are trying to change it. And because it's a one-man, one-vote type system, they're changing the way that the demographic is. You know, Arizona used to be a very strong Republican state, and now we're kind of like you know, worrying whether or not we're going to make that 50%. And, and that's the influx of people moving in, I think. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. That's just they just believe differently. For whatever reason, you know, the Latino population believe differently about firearms 
mostly because their experience with firearms has been mostly negative, you know, down in Mexico and so on. Mm. Southern California, same thing. They just don't see the reason why you need to have a firearm. My, my brother that lives in California argues with me all the time. Why do you need so many guns? He always asks, <laughs> how many guns do you have? And I'm like, I have no idea how many guns I own. It doesn't matter. I could have a car collection outside. You know, what, what difference does it matter how many firearms I have? The fact is that I'm not going to go commit a crime for that, with that firearm. And that's exactly. what we've got to look at. Exactly. Well, that's uh, kind of a pet peeve that that Dan and I have is that we'll talk to people who have moved here from, let's just pick on California, and they moved here because they hated California, they hated the laws, they hated the restrictions, they hated the, you know, the taxing, they hated all this stuff. They come over here and it's time to step into the voting booth. And what do they do? They vote the same as what they had back there. Exactly. And the crazy thing about California is it's actually a very complex demographic because it's the third highest number of guns that are sold in the country after Texas and I forget the other state right now. But um, So obviously there are a lot of people there that believe the same way we do. The problem is they're just being outvoted. Mm-hmm. If you look at other countries, you look at Russia. So, so I belong to an organization called USPSA, United States Practical Shooting. And we kind of monitor the numbers because obviously that's our membership. Those are people. And it's all a sport-type association, right? If you look at countries like Russia that are exceeding our membership, so we have about 27,000 members in the United States. Russia, the governing body there, IPSC, has about 37,000. But the reason why they have them is because they have to belong to a shooting organization for them to have a firearm. Hmm. We have the exact opposite thing here. Here you can walk in, obviously pass a background check or get a CCW, whatever. You can walk in, buy a firearm, walk out the door. In many of these other countries, you have to belong to an organization. You have to shoot a certain number of matches. You have to show the ability to use a firearm. And those are all admirable qualities if you think about it. I mean, I personally agree that if you want to carry a gun, you should know how to use that gun. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you legislate that, mm-hmm. that makes it way too complicated. And that's the problem that California has. Yeah. Well, it becomes a time issue and time is money. And right. you know, you got to get to the place so it's location. And you've got to have a vehicle to get you there. What are you going to do? Take your gun on the bus? I right. mean, it's like... It really, the logistics of it, uh, you know, what sounds great and what, what really is are, are sometimes not the same thing. Well, we've got to run to commercial real quick, but you are sticking around with us? Yes. yes? yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm Fantastic. Good. And uh, so stick around. We've got much more with Leighton Ustazen talking to us about all things guns, including how he is the team captain of Team USA. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com.
Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are in studio today chatting with Leighton Ustazen. Now, Leighton wears many hats, uh, of which he is a professional dog trainer. He own, He's a, a part owner or full owner? In full part- owner. Full owner in Partners Dog Training School in Cave Creek, Arizona. He's also a grandmaster competitive shooter. And I keep saying you are the team captain of Team USA, but I, I think you get to share that with a couple of people. Did I say that wrong? That, yeah, that's close enough. But okay. there's a few of us that, that run the whole thing. There's no one person that's in charge of everybody. All right. So talk to us a little bit because we have a lot of listeners that are brand new to the whole idea of guns and the shooting sports. And so they may not even understand. What do you mean by Team USA? What, I mean, what is that even? What do you guys do? So Team USA, the one that I'm talking about, is practical pistol shooting. But we also have a shotgun uh, team that uh, actually competed last year. I think they came second in the world. And then we have a rifle team that goes out, and they're actually going to Russia in June. Um, Probably should win if they keep their things together and so forth. And then uh, my area is pistol shooting. And so we're actually the biggest team. There's a total of 55 of us that are going out to France in in, in August. And um, we have... Basically, the best shooters in the world, Nils Johansson, um, Rob Latham, both live here in Phoenix. They're both world champions. Uh, we joke all the time that nobody really cares. You know, whenever we come back from one of these, these competitions, we get, on the, get off the plane and we're expecting all this crowd yeah. with these signs and everything, and there's no one there. Where's my band? Yeah, that's right. Where's my red carpet? When, when Niels and I came back from the last World Championships in, uh, a couple of years ago, we'd both won, he had won the overall and I'd won one of the team events, uh, the, the, the gold. And when we came back, we were carrying our trophies because we were too scared to pack them in <laughs> yeah. case they got bra- damaged, you know. And uh, there was nobody there. It was just us. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just the way it is. So, so the, the team competes in, um, in Practical Pistol, as I said. And it, Practical Pistol is a high-speed, high-accuracy type sport. So we use different types of firearms depending on the division. You in Obviously, Pistol, I shoot an open division, which is basically anything goes. 29-round capacity. It's a gun called the 38 Super Comp. It's a 9-millimeter type firearm. Um, Neil shoots a limited gun. Other people shoot production. So you can compete in any of those. And we basically compete against the rest of the world. There's a total of 1,200 uh, competitors that show up at the World Championships. Um, the United States wins about 40% of the total number of trophies. But 
uh, I hate to say this, but they, they're going to get caught up on. Uh, there's some very good teams out there that are coming up the, the ranks, and uh, the Russian team's pretty good, the Czech team's pretty good, and, of course, the Philippines are right there as well. That is so interesting. And, you know, it, I think it, it helps you hone your skills when you know you've got a worthy opponent. Sure. So you, I think that's good. You know, it's one of the, the biggest controversies in shooting is, is does sports shooting really help you in the defensive world? And, and we could probably talk for two hours on that subject alone <laughs> and, and raise a lot of controversy. But the fact is it's firearms handling and it's learning. I'm former law enforcement, former military. I was in the Special Forces unit of the military in South Africa. And if I'd known back then what I know now, I would have probably been – you know, 50 or 60 times more effective at, at my job back then. Mm. Um, a lot of our people, uh, Rob Latham again, for example, trains a lot of the military people. And, you know, they're obviously doing things slightly differently. But the actual gun handling, accuracy, speed of, of how they can shoot accurately, that's definitely something that gets honed really well with, uh, with sport shooting. Wow. Yeah, I know I never really thought about that. But, I mean, it does make good sense that there is a lot of overlap. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some specializing, you know, specifically to competitive shooting, but there's, there's a lot of overlap. So um, how do you think that the, the Second Amendment, the 2A, as we like to say, affects ownership in the United States versus ownership in other countries? Because you're talking about like Russia and all these other countries where, you know, it seems like it'd be harder for them to get out to the range and, to, you know, just even take their firearm over to the, you know, the local shop to get it worked on or whatever, because they've got all these restrictive laws. And here, right. we, you know, here in Arizona, especially, we're, it's pretty free reign. So it seems like the more opportunities you have and the freer it is, the, the better you're going to be. And yet these teams are putting the pressure on you. Right. You know, we are unbelievably privileged here, first of all, in the United States, but but more importantly in Arizona, to be able to have the Second Amendment. We, we have the ability to buy pretty much anything we, that we want without too many restrictions. And, and the restrictions that are on there right now, while I don't initially agree with all of them, you know, I think that, that the NFA could be abolished. I think mm-hmm. that we could yeah. have suppressed guns. You know, just yep. because you know, this, this suppressed thing that it's, oh, well, it's a silencer and you're going to go and assassinate somebody, that's just all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to do something like that, there's a lot of different ways to do it nowadays that are more effective than that. As we can see, if you just monitor what, what will politics are going on. So we're very lucky here in the States that we have the Second Amendment, that we have the ability to, to do, you know, to buy and to train and to practice and to carry and to do all those things, which very few other countries have. And, and even when they do have the ability to, to own or possess firearms, they're highly restrictive. Uh, if you, you know, if we here in the States and I have a meeting with some people, like right now we're looking at a new shooting organization that's going to kind of like take into account a whole lot of other things as well. Um, when we have the meeting here in the States, everybody's talking about the technical side of, well, this gun and that gun and this target and that target. The instant that I include people from overseas, the number one thing that they bring up is possession. Mm. And we don't think of that as a privilege. We mm-hmm. think of that as just, a, you know, well, you just have the guns, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other countries, possession is a huge thing. And, and you can even take that. And I know a lot of people talk about, you know, that's what keeps America free is the fact that there are, depending on who you believe, you know, a few hundred million guns out there in private hands, and that's more than all of law enforcement, et cetera, put together. In other countries, that's not the case. Um, I deal a lot with people in the Philippines. One of my best friends is down there, and law enforcement has a huge influence on who owns a firearm in that area, even if you're in the competitive world. If they decide you're not going to have a firearm, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to have that. So we're wow. very lucky here. Yeah, we are. Um, and then in other countries, as I said, like Russia, for example, you have to belong to an organization for you to be able to go and buy a firearm. You join the club first. You go show them that you are familiar with a firearm. You have to borrow somebody's or they have a club loaner that they let you keep. 
many clubs won't allow you to take the firearm home with, with you. You have to keep it at the club, which makes it a very privileged mm-hmm. position because most people can't afford to do that. So, yeah. you know, you can, I don't want to bring race into it, but it's almost like the white privileged society because, right. you know, in a lot of those countries, those are the people who have the money and they can afford to have membership to those ranges, keep the guns there, store them, buy ammunition, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And firearms here in the States are a fraction of what they cost in other countries. And, you know, if you, if you compare it, for instance, in South Africa, the cost of a, you know, let's say you buy a Glock here for $500, that same Glock in South Africa is probably the equivalent of $1,400, you know, Ooh. if you transfer it over to there. So not the average person can't even afford to go buy it. And then, of course, ammunition is probably three times the price by the time you're done. You know, they can't get reloading components. For us, I go up to Dillon Precision up in Scottsdale, and I can mm-hmm. walk in there, buy a press, walk down the road, buy cases, powder, primers, et cetera, et cetera. In most other countries, you're not allowed to possess ammunition that doesn't match the firearm license that you have. Mm. You're not allowed to have more than 10 pounds of ammo. Well, I order one shipment and it's 36 pounds, you know? Right. Um, so there's lots of things like that, that that the Second Amendment gives us here that people just don't initially realize and appreciate. Well, and we've been saying uh, since the election, and, you know, of course, it was the, the best scenario for those of us that do love our Second Amendment and our constitutional rights that, that Donald Trump uh, was elected president. But that the, the worry we have now, the big enemy we have now is apathy. People right. just feeling like, well, we're good. Right. right. We can just sit back and relax, right? Gun sales are down. Mm-hmm. Um, silencer companies are going, one of them went out of business because they're just not selling because everyone's expecting the NFA to be abolished, which is still going to take at least another year. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. We need, now is the time to pounce on it. We have basically four years to make sure that all of this gets well entrenched so that, you know, we don't have to worry about it in the future. Exactly. And obviously the Supreme Court, I think, is going to be the huge, the biggest factor in that, far bigger than Congress or the absolutely. president. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are about uh, out of time, but I want, before we run off, I want you to give people a chance to to hear about one of your real passions in life, and that is professional dog training. Talk (laughs) to us about that. So when I was in the military, I was a dog trainer, and um, my personality is to go out and find things to do things better, and and I started doing that, and I found there were different ways to train that made dogs more effective, and and we kind of took that, and then I got into law enforcement, did the same thing, tracking, search and rescue, and now I'm in the civilian world and, and have been for many years. And that's the part I really enjoy, helping people with their dogs. Uh, this morning I was walking around with some people for about an hour and they didn't even realize who I was and just chatting with them about their dog and telling them different things. And that is truly my passion. It's the worst business investment you could make. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to. And I, and I was born with that. You know, that's God's, uh, God's creation. He gave that t- talent to me and it's wonderful. And I love the fact that we can help people with dogs and It's got me on TV and I get to influence those people. And, um, you know, the fact is dogs are a big part of our lives. I think that dogs should be in every child's life. I think that they should be in every adult's life. And and there's a lot of good things that come out of it. It's a calming influence, keeps you sane. Leighton, our dogs trained us well. Oh, they have? Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, of course, from a business point of view, it might be a bad investment, but everybody has a dog problem. So, oh. you know, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I have three dog problems. There you go. <laughs> but one day we can do a story on that. We can do a program oh, on that. seriously. I am telling you. I, yeah, I've just, I've not been the best dog mom because I, I really, I, like you said, they, they've trained me. But, uh, yeah, maybe we need to talk about that. But uh, thank you so much for coming in and spending so much time with us. Uh, And, you know, I really what I hope everybody takes away from this is, you know, here's somebody that, you know, you've lived in in another country. You've come and and gone through the citizenship process Mm -hmm. to become an American citizen. Legally. Legally. Thank you. That's the emphasis. Thank you. 
you have traveled the world and seen different cultures. And what you're telling us is what we have here is amazing and unique and precious in our Constitution and our Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. And we need to value those and Absolutely. protect them, right? We do. We do. And, you know, when I became a citizen, it was amazing. We talk about Facebook. But I think I reached about 600 comments on Facebook, which is more, you know, I'm a guy. So guys don't get a lot of comments, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was about three times my normal number of comments or likes that I would get just because of the citizenship thing. It's a big thing. And it was a big thing for me. And it is always going to be. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank we you. really appreciate it. We're definitely going to have to have you back on and talk some more. Leighton Ustason. That's perfect. Thank you. See? All right, I did it. Okay, stick around because we have another in-studio guest and and another unusual name, but this one's biblical, so I love it, right? Boaz Whitbeck coming up right after this, talking to us about grassroots activism. Now, we're talking about the real thing. We're not talking about this make-believe astroturf stuff. We're talking about the real thing and how important it is. Stick around. Boaz Whitbeck. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are just so excited to have our second in-studio guest today. Dan, that never happens, you know? We talk to people all over the country, and um, so usually it's on the phone or it's on Skype. And so today we've been tapping into our local talent. And so our next guest is sitting here right next to us, Boaz Whitbeck. 
Now, Boaz is someone who's been involved in grassroots activism for over five years. So you were 12 when you started because you were a young dude. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to go through puberty again. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I don't know how old you are, but you look very young. And uh, so you have, for over five years, you've been through political, media, and governmental positions. And you're also a proud sun devil. Receiving bachelor's degrees, go devils. go devils, in economics and political science, along with a master's degree in public administration from Arizona State University. Well, welcome to the show, Boaz. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited. So um, I don't even know if you remember this, but we were at a place here in town, just this little place called the Goldwater Institute. Great organization. Yes. And so I was I was just struck with, you know, again, your your youth because we're hearing so much out of our, our younger generations that definitely they wouldn't be anywhere near something called the Goldwater Institute because they're all about personal freedoms. Absolutely. Economic freedoms. And uh, I have had a pleasure of being able to work with them and have a lot of friends who have gone through their organization, too, and have really enjoyed what they do. And they fight for freedom and the courts and here in the state of Arizona. Yeah. And so we were there at, at some event. I don't even remember what the event was, but I met you and I thought, man, what an awesome young man. Just what an awesome person. And uh, we kept looking for an opportunity when your calendar, which is full all the time. Oh, yes. They have <laughs> me very busy. And uh, when my calendar would allow. And so that's why it's it's extra exciting to have you here today. And so uh, we've got several things I want to try to get to in our short 13 minutes, but the grassroots uh, activism and element, you know, there's so much going on out there that is counterfeit grassroots. You know, they like to say, you know, that like this, every town for gun safety, all these kind of things, they're grassroots, but they're not. They're funded by huge billionaire buckets of money. And uh, really, and this is a new term, in the last year or two for me is called AstroTurf when, when you see that <laughs> yep. it's, it's not the real thing. <laughs> so um, what do you sense? Because you're really doing it. And, and what is the big difference between the two? No, that's a great question. So the big difference between the two comes down to are you actually developing relationships with people hmm. in your organization? And so sometimes it's really just a front for just political media hits and really it doesn't come down to making sure you build relationships, build trust, educating one another, and then mobilizing people to action. Usually with AstroTurf or something like that, you're missing one of those pieces and you need all four of them to be able to actually bring about societal change in the positive direction of freedom. That, you know, that's the best uh, description I've ever heard. But if I'm if I'm just Joe Citizen and I'm just going about my busy life and I'm already so distracted with everything, how are there some, you know, like red flags for me? Like, are there some things that, that would e- help me easily be able to identify if any of those things are missing out of an organization that's, that's screaming at me on Facebook and screaming at me in every way they possibly can that, no, they're the real true grassroots and, you know, you really should believe the way that we believe. I mean, I think there are a lot of good organizations that do great work, even if it is not, quote-unquote, grassroots. I think the big thing I would like to tell your listeners Mm -hmm. is, if you're listening, 
actually go out and do something, connect with people. I think a lot of people on the center right, a lot of people who call themselves Republicans or Libertarians or conservatives, the biggest asset we have is community. And oftentimes in our culture where we don't have front porches anymore, we don't talk to our Mm. neighbors anymore, we don't actually connect with people. So true. And you probably have people in your life that ask you, you know, who are you voting for? What do you think about this particular political issue that's going on? And what grassroots means is that you're actually trying to expand your relationships outward and talk to people so that way they can take action with you. And you provide them an outlet and certain specific steps to take so that way they're calling their legislator. They're knocking on doors in a neighborhood where maybe a local state legislator needs to hear their opinion. And they're actually working with organizations that use good data, that use good information. So that way you're not just wasting your time making phone calls. Wow. That's awesome. And so the takeaway there is more than even protecting yourself against somebody else's messaging is to figure out what your message would be and get involved. Absolutely. And I think all of your listeners have things that they're very passionate about. They're very, they care a lot about. And a few organizations here in Arizona are the Arizona Citizens Defense, Defense League, Center for Arizona Policy, Americans for Prosperity, Freedom Works, Turning Point USA. And there's a lot of different organizations that engage different people on specific issues. My, my biggest issue is economic freedom. That is mm. something that I think is essential to all the freedoms that we have. Well, and that's the next thing I wanted to touch on because we are Gun Freedom Radio. So we talk about gun things, but we definitely talk about freedom things. And when you're talking about capitalism and free markets, I mean, that is, like you said, it's a key issue. So, you know, off air, we were talking and you actually used the, the phrase, the moral case for capitalism. So for you, it's, it's about, you know, the, the moral grounds that we're standing on. Absolutely. And just to give you a little bit of background on who I am and kind of where I grew up with, my name is biblical. My parents are strong Christians. So they named me Boaz for a reason. And Boaz in the Bible is a character who cares deeply for the poor and even ends up marrying a woman in poverty. And, and so one of the questions that I get often is, what kind of man was Boaz before he met Ruth? And the answer is he was a ruthless man. Mm. And that's a pun, of course. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, he, ruthless, ruthless, yes. <laughs> Without r- Ruth, <laughs> Without Ruth, yes. But in mm. but in a sense, that's who I am. That's that's a big part of who I am is caring for the least of these and making sure people have opportunities. But in terms of the case of the moral case for capitalism, what I talk about is it actually benefits people, mm. and it actually pe- benefits in terms of the last 150 years. How much technology has become affordable? to the least of these people, how much guns have become affordable Mm -hmm. just through capitalism. Mm -hmm. We talk about computers, home entertainment, just a wastewater system, all these things we take for granted today because of capitalism. Another thing that is really important is that it's also voluntary, that you're not being coerced. Well, there's some things that you're coerced in, like Obamacare. Obamacare. (coughs) Cough, cough. Uh Uh-oh, we brought that up. But there's mutual agreement in capitalism. People can decide on which price they want to purchase something that's not forced. And uh, another thing is that it actually requires service. If you compare the service of 
maybe your favorite fast food restaurant. So mine would be probably Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out. Those are prob- um, it's about Taco Bell. I'm Ta- sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> now we now we're going to have to debate. Yes. Now we're going to actually have to go down this rabbit hole and talk about fast food. But anyway, so all of these places have pretty good service and you go back to them because they give you good service. But when you have only one option, like the DMV, mm. you're waiting in line, people aren't happy and you only have one option. Mm-hmm. You can't put your business somewhere else. That's what capitalism offers. And lastly, it protects rights. And so this includes the Second Amendment. This is life, liberty, and property. All of those things are important to the protection of people and what they would like to do, as long as they aren't infringing on other people's rights. Exactly. You know, growing up, I, I must have heard constantly, and I don't even know like why I used to hear it and I don't hear it anymore, but the phrase was, your rights go right up until you're infringing on somebody else's rights. And that's where they stop. And I don't know how that was used so much when I was young, but it's just, it was a part of who I was and how I thought about things, even just every day, just driving down the road. Right. So, you know, if I want to turn right on an arrow or whatever, it's like, but, but that, that infringes on somebody else's rights because as a society, we've made certain agreements, right? Nowadays, it's like whatever's right for you, it doesn't matter how it affects me. That's the, the, the messaging out there. Yeah, no, I agree with you that, um, you know, we've lost, I think, the sense of, okay, we need to make sure we protect other people's rights. Mm-hmm. But each of us has individual property rights where we can do what we want as mm-hmm. long as it's not hurting other people. Exactly, exactly. And my turning right on an arrow was a horrible one, but I'll, I'll think of something more brilliant <laughs> and I'll say it in my head later. But, um, you know, I, I just really appreciate you uh, driving down here on a, an unusually rainy Saturday and spending some time talking to us. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of people out there that are, are younger. One of our, our previous guests today was with the Turning Point USA organization. Great. And, and, and she was a young 23-year-old who's doing amazing things for our future and helping others feel like, you know, look, we do exist. Those of us that love our Constitution do exist. And so people that are listening to you right now that are like, okay, I love this whole idea. Like, uh, can they reach out to you? Is there, like, you know, you mentioned a few organizations that would be great for them to tap into. What, what would you say to them if they were like, I want to know more? Absolutely. Well, I'd say, you know, what is your your issue that you're passionate about? When you're watching TV, when you're wish, listening to Gun Freedom Radio, mm-hmm. what sort of topics are you most passionate about? And look those look those organizations up on Google. Look up Arizona Citizens Defense League. Look up Americans for Prosperity. Look up Turning Point USA. Find an organization that represents your values and get involved and actually drag other people into them, whether they are family members, your friends, make sure that you're not doing this alone. And they're going to plug you in and they're going to actually show you how you can be an effective leader Uh to change society. And really it is one person at a time. That's what we're going to see. And that's what I'm passionate about is I want to see my generation and the generation after me have a better future Absolutely. Than this current one. And we have to fight for that. We can't take that for granted. Absolutely. We, that, I think that is the thing to end on. We cannot take it for granted, and I think we do too often. So thank you again so much, Boaz Whitbeck. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Okay, well, stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and 
Dan's commentary. I think he's very calm today. Have you said two words all day? (laughs) I don't think I've let you say two words. Two. (laughs) All right, stick around. Hi, I'm Bob Main. Now that you have your concealed carry license, I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry license? Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, as a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page and all lowercase SDRN. Hope to see you at a class soon. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back and thank you for being with us today on Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, you know, one thing we realize is that time is our most valuable and our most finite resource. And so when you spend time with us, trust me when I say we value that so much. Uh, We know that your, your lives are busy. You could be doing anything right now. And the fact that you're, you're tuning in and listening to us and, and that our guests spend their time to come on and talk to us about uh, what's important in their life and their specialty, specializing areas that they specialize in, it's, um, it's in, it is invaluable, and we do appreciate it. So now comes the time of the show that I, I just absolutely love to do because we bring you stories uh, that the national news, for some reason, 
I don't care if you're talking Fox or CNN or somewhere in between, they managed to, to ignore them. And uh, it is time now for our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly Armed Citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we don't ever hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Today's story. It's 3 a.m., and you're enjoying the last few hours of rest before you begin a busy Friday, and you're peacefully dreaming of your weekend plans ahead As you dream in the safety of your home, you are grateful for the warm blankets and the comfort of your spouse softly snoring next to you. But the peaceful darkness is shattered by horrible thudding and crashing sound. The sickening repetitive thud now becomes a smashing as the wood around your front door gives way and masked men pour into your home. As Danger and his crew kick in your front door, the crack of the frame splintering echoes the sound of your safety and the safety of your family shattering in an instant. In all of this mayhem, you remember the, the voices, the, those voices that tell you that you shouldn't buy a gun, right? The, the shaming voices. They say that, uh, you know, if something like this ever happened, you could just you know, call the police, let the professionals deal with danger. As though these men crashed their way into your home at 3 a.m. to just come, you know, hang out. While you find your phone. While you dial 911. While you give the operator your address and state the nature of your emergency. Danger doesn't work that way. Danger and his band of evil men are there to shock and surprise you into submitting to whatever their plans are for you, your wife, your child. Danger is there to wreak havoc, injury, and death, and he has no intention of allowing you time to call for help, and he certainly isn't going to sit around and wait for your help to arrive. Thankfully, for one family in Dallas at 3 a.m., when danger came to visit evil upon them, this family didn't listen to those shaming voices of all of those telling them that guns are bad. Thankfully, this family was filled with responsibly armed citizens who stopped any plans danger had and sent evil running back into the darkness. Well, Ron, police are still finding new pieces of the puzzle right now. I want to give you a look. They just dropped down new evidence markers here in the street. They found some shell casings even out here in the street, bringing the number of evidence markers to 35. But I want to show you where this all started. I'm going to step out of the way so you can see that home right there. It had to be terrifying. Police say at least one masked man kicked in the door of that home around 3 this morning, but the homeowner fought back 
and shot him. And police are calling it a home invasion robbery. Right now, investigators are questioning the homeowner and searching for the suspect. They say a man was inside with his wife and grown child when someone broke in around three this morning. Now, the homeowner saw just one suspect, but police say there could have been more. They say the homeowner told the suspect to leave, but then they started shooting at each other. One suspect was hit and ran off. We know everyone inside the home is okay. We've seen them going in and out of that home with police this morning. Nothing was stolen. Police say the robbers didn't get that far. They say they're also checking with hospitals in the area to see if any new gunshot victims have come in. And again, they are really looking into piece this all together and figure out exactly what happened inside that home. I wonder how long it would have taken for the police to come and if they could have stopped that from happening. Not. Not. There's no way. I mean, um, and how do you defend that? How, how does somebody says you don't need a, a gun in your home? How do they defend that? Hmm. How do they say, well, everything would have been okay because of or because of this? There's nothing. The, the firearms saved that family's life and property. No ifs and or buts about it. How do you argue that point? What could they have possibly done? Go out the back door? Well, what if there was somebody at the back door? Which very often happens. Right. So how do you... Multiple right. multiple people, they, they organize that. Right. So they probably had somebody at, at other exits. So. so there is nothing that family could have done that was better than what they did. I agree. And uh, that almost sounds like we should have the James Brown, but... Hey! <laughs> Blade was on it. I love it. Well... On that note, it is time for Dan's commentary. Um. Here's something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Sunshine and rainbows. It is not sunshine and rainbows. It sure wasn't this week for me. <laughs> Do you, you know, tell, Dan. I, 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 was, I did a stupid thing this week, and so... My commentary today is about safety and being aware and not being distracted. So I, I'll tell you, I, we, had, we have that. Everybody knows I have a 105 howitzer, a couple mm-hmm. of them, right? It's a cannon, yes. Right. So I was getting it prepared for a shoot that we were supposed to do this weekend. It got canceled. Rain. And the, um, you have to load a 50 caliber uh, primer into a brass pocket that inserts into the 105 shell. It's something that we made up to, to fire. And so I, I have a clean shop. Everything's perfect. There's no distractions there. I don't answer my phone while I'm working, but for some reason I was just too busy to take all the steps necessary. And what I end up doing is was beating a live primer that I thought was a fired primer out of a brass case. And when I hit it with a hammer, with a punch. Oh, my gosh. My three fingers. Are they still there? They're still here, but I had a rubber glove on, and I'll tell you, I was afraid to take the glove off. Oh, my gosh. It was like somebody took a ball-peen hammer on each finger, and and my fingers looked like my thumb, and my thumb looked like my foot. It was (laughs) a mess. I tell you, everyone, I was terrified. It hurt so bad. And then the noise, too. Mm. Uh, my, my repair shop is out in another area, and the guys heard that go the off in, our, in, in, in our the gun shop. Gun shop. Anyway, wow. God was with me and protected me from 
my stupidity, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I've been doing this all my life. You can't be too safe. You can't. There's there's distractions that you're not even aware of or distraction. It could be because you need to hurry. It because you you know want to get done with this project and move on to the next one. So what I'm saying to you is you cannot be too safe, and you need to really think about what you do when you when you're messing around with firearms. And I and James come out and help me with this one and close this up. Yes, we are so blessed and so fortunate that your hands are still intact because people have lost their fingers and their hands for less. Right. If I would have been gripping that a little bit harder, I think that I'd have lost a couple fingers because it, I mean, they still hurt, mm -hmm. but it just, it blew it away instead of before, mm -hmm. you know, if I'd had a lot of force on it, mm -hmm. probably would have been worse. But just, just be careful out there. There's a lot of things that you need to be responsibly Armed, Armed citizen, citizen, you need to be careful. It's true, and and I like the idea of, of the distractions because, you know, we've got all these things that ding and click and pull for our attention and phones that ring and, and all that sort of thing, uh, and that can be distracting enough. But then when you just have these internal mental distractions and we're always in such a hurry to do everything, um, you know, you could be cleaning your gun at home and think that it's empty, but there's one in the chamber. You know, right. always check it, check it, check it, check it, right? right? Don't just check it once. Check it multiple times because, I mean, people bring guns into us to be repaired all the time. And they're positive. Yeah, I cleared it in the parking lot or I cleared it before I got in the car or whatever they say. And sure enough, they took the magazine out, but there was one in the chamber. Once a month, I would say, a gun comes in that's unloaded that has a round in it. Once a month. Yeah. So... Yeah. Focus, right? Focus, right. Focus and safety. All right. Well, thank you again to uh, our our wonderful tech crew. It's one guy, but he might as well be a crew because... Well, it's him and James. Blade, yeah. <laughs> Blade and James Brown over there. Uh, you know, Blade, is he's making the phone calls. He's keeping me on time. He's telling me when I've got to, like, stop talking and, and go to commercial. That's, that's a job in itself. As if that would help. Yeah, let's not arm him because I could be in trouble. Give him a Nerf gun you know, or something. I could I, be in big trouble. You know, at the trouble. start of the show, I said that people don't get out when it's raining. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the parking lot over at the Camelback uh, Shopping Center. Mm -hmm. There's no spaces. It's full. Well, they stay in the mall. But well, they had in. to get to the mall. It's not like <laughs> they still got wet somewhere. Oh, wow. my goodness. So thank you to, to Blade, our, our tech crew. Uh, thank you to our awesome listeners. Thank you to our guests for, for calling in and coming in. In the and, rain. Uh, in the rain. And please keep the conversation going. Uh, reach out to us on our website. Write us at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. We are listening. You know, we want to hear what you're thinking. Uh, did, did you want more information about something that we talked about? Did you disagree with something that we talked about? You know, that's awesome. We love that. Any healthy, respectful debate is, is fantastic, and we invite that. Um, and until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them. Even the ones you don't like. Yeah, okay. Especially the ones you don't like, maybe. <laughs> Be good to each other. God bless and have a great week. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. 
Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.